Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by You Need a Budget. YNAB not only gives you the tools to easily create and track your budget, they've also got tons of video courses and live workshops to make you a better budgeter. Learn more and start your free 34-day trial at ynab.com YHL. There's no code to get that. Just sign up at ynab.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. We're back from our winter break, and we've got a doozy of an episode for you. There's some big news that involves the duplex, our ongoing goals to simplify, and a fateful tale of switching furniture with a stranger. Happy New Year, everybody. Is it it too late to say Happy New Year because it's February? New Year, who dis? Uh, I got something to tell you about who dis. That wasn't as smooth as I said that. (laughs) The who dis is that John is not, for the first time in three and a half years, sitting in a baby chair while podcasting. He has graduated to an adult-sized human chair. Yeah, new year, new podcast setup. We're trying something different this year. We're in the office. I'm in a normal office chair. We also, other normal things, we have curtains over a plant, a blanket over a lamp, you know. (laughs) Like one does. We'll put a picture in the show notes. It is worth it. You might even want to pause this podcast, go to the show notes right now and look at our new setup. We are professionals. And the plant that the curtains are over is my biggest fiddly fig I own. Looks like a ghost. It's just like covered in white curtains. But we do it for sound quality. So I hope this sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully it's worth it, fig. Um, But anyways, we've been gone for a few weeks. Lots has happened. There was the holidays. We had our big family trip to Costa Rica. We have the bathroom almost finished like not quite i would say it's at what 90 95 percent yeah there's priming and painting of a largish object some hardware stuff to do a door to hang we still don't have a door on our bathroom oh yes we enter frost so yeah we uh, probably 91 percent. but it's functional it is it's changing our lives so anyways we originally thought we'd spend this episode telling you all about that stuff but then something happened four days ago that we want to get you in the loop on so all that other stuff i guess we'll have to wait for a future episode because today we have some big news about the duplex. It's huge. It's super surprising. You're going to be shocked. We were also very shocked. The news is, as of four days ago, we have accepted an offer from someone to buy the duplex from us. So we are selling the duplex. Everyone's screaming. I can hear it. We assume people are probably surprised. And I know there's probably dozens of questions popping into your head. And we will try to answer those today as we tell the story of how this all happened. But let's just say up front, like some of the short answers. One, you didn't miss anything. It was on the market. This was sort of just like a surprising thing that happened. It will still be a vacation rental. So you will still be able to go and stay there. And we are selling it furnished and with all of the amenities and extras we stocked it with. So it will largely stay the same and look the same, which is good news as well. Right. So like long story short, if you guys are like, no, because I wanted to rent it and I'm so mad, you can still rent it. It will look the same. It's in the same place. It's still designed by us. We just are not going to have our names on the deed. Yes, because we're actually selling it to some friends who we trust immensely to run a vacation rental. So it will be in very good hands and it will be more available to rent throughout the year, like more dates than we've been able to make available. So all good things, shall we dive in? We shall dive in. Well, I want to make sure we emphasize up front that this was not the plan. Like we bought this house in September of 2017. So it's like two and a half years 
we bought it and renovated it and furnished it with the assumption that we were going to own and operate it for years. Like this was never like a secret flip going on or whatever. Yeah. Well, have you ever watched HGTV and on like day 40 when they haven't sold the house, they're like all freaking out. Like right. those flips are such breakneck speed. I think two and a half years qualifies as not really a flip. Yeah, I think it was the opposite of breakneck. But what John's getting to is that we made a lot of decisions that don't make sense for a flip. So if you're looking at it from the outside and you're like, wait, why did you guys do no rot tracks decking if you were just going to sell it in two and a half years? Like you put more money in up front for the no rot stuff but it's because after like 10 or 20 years, it's still not rotten. Like you get your money back by holding things long-term and making right. these long-term decisions that are more expensive up front. So we like dumped a lot of money into it to be like, but when we hold it, it's going to last. Like well, we did quartz countertops. Yeah, I was going to say not even just that, but if you look at the post we did, and I'll link it in the show notes about the budget for the duplex kitchens, like we admitted in that post that we spent more on things like counters and appliances than we probably should have. Like we probably went over budget on those things. And so had we approached this as something that we were going to turn around and sell in two years, I'm sure we would have made different decisions. Like, for instance, I wouldn't have rebought new patio furniture at the end of last season so that I would have lower maintenance patio furniture for this season. Like, that was a plan we made for this coming summer. Right. We definitely planned to book it. Like, I even got a duplex stamp with our names on it. Like, it definitely was not something we were planning. I would have saved thousands if I had just done butcher block instead of quartz in two kitchens. Let's not dwell on those things. Yeah, we, we're moving. Moving, we're moving through this, guys, just as you are probably moving through it with us. Well, yeah, I mean, so if that was our plan, if our plan was to hold it for years, you're probably wondering what changed. And I think it started with a conversation that we had with our realtor uh, out in Cape Charles. We're good friends with her. She has a house near us in Cape Charles. And so we bump into her like casually all the time, like socially. Yes, this wasn't like a meeting at her office. No, exactly. <laughs> it was not a planned thing. But she said to us just in passing, hey, if you would ever be open to selling the duplex, I think I have someone who might be interested in buying it. And Sherry and I kind of like laughed it off. Like, that's a crazy idea. Like, we're not going to sell the duplex. Like, we have only operated it one year. Yeah, I was like, I will die with the duplex in my cold dead hands. Like, no one will pry the duplex away from me. <laughs> I don't know if I was there. But we were relaying this story to our friends later that night. Like, our friends who have a house in Cape Charles also, and we hang out all the time. And we were like, hey, funny story. Our realtor said she might have someone who's interested in buying the duplex. I was like, we're not selling the duplex. And they were like, ha, 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 ha. But if you sell the duplex, you better sell it to us. And we all were like, ha, 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 And they were like, what? Really? <laughs> they sort of earnestly said to us, like, no, if you actually were ever open to this idea, like, talk to us because we would be interested in buying it. And so that's what sort of planted the whole seed for this, because it went from feeling like this crazy idea to this thing as we gave it consideration that, like, maybe it's actually a smarter idea than we thought. And I think the two things that were really compelling to us is that it really aligns with this whole sort of minimizing, simplifying thing that we've been doing. Like, I know we've talked about it several times on the podcast, but it has gone for us from being more than just about like simplifying our stuff and our belongings in our house, but like also how do we simplify our schedules and our spending and our stress and, you know, all the things that make life overwhelming and busy sometimes. Like we've been focused on that and we realize that, well, maybe this is a means to that end because not that the duplex is inherently stressful because there's a lot of it that we love, like beyond just the renovating and furnishing part, but like the operation of the vacation rental, especially other summer was like so much fun. Yes. When we were right next door, it was awesome because we could pop in and fix whatever. And we were like all hands on deck. We were having the summer of our lives. And I also relished the little like host to see things like I liked putting together the welcome kits for people we already know I got a special stamp for this upcoming season like I'm really into reading what they write in the guest books like our guests are lovely we love the people
people. It was just more sort of the administrative stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you think about all the responsibilities of home ownership for your own home, you know, like your taxes, your utilities, your insurance, your maintenance, like we right now have that times four because we have our house in Richmond, we have our pink beach house out in Cape Charles, and then the duplex is actually two separate homes. So like, We have separate water bills, separate electric bills, separate trash, uh, separate rental taxes. Like a lot of those things are times two for us, even though it's one building. So the idea that we could simplify that, you know, going from juggling four different houses and paying four water bills and all that stuff to just going to two was something that we felt like maybe that is in line with this goal of living more simply. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone knows if you're a landlord of a building or even have your own home, when something pops up and goes wrong, it's like overwhelming because you're not expecting it, right? So if you're like, oh, on the second week of my paycheck, suddenly it had to go towards fixing a plumbing issue. Like that's not the greatest thing to pop up. And I think if you imagine having four places that could pop up, it's a first world problem for sure. But it is something that is in the back of your mind. Yeah, it's like uh, a mental load or like mental clutter. And I think anyone has that with any place, whether it's an apartment you rent or a house you own. And with the vacation rental, there's extra stuff like scheduling the cleaner and responding to inquiries on Airbnb and calculating and filing your monthly rental taxes. So there's also a lot of stuff above and beyond a normal household that we realize like really occupy a lot of our like mental space. And some people are better with it than others. Like it's definitely a personality type. And I think you and I might be a little bit more worried (laughs) sometimes about things. I think because we put so much love into a house, we get attached to the beauty that we've added and the function that we've added. And we don't want like a burst pipe to ruin two years of work that we put into it. Yeah. And I think in addition to the whole simplifying thing, the other thing that made it a compelling thing to consider, you know, selling the duplex was that the fall rental, like the off-season rental, didn't go quite as smoothly as we had hoped. Like we put some systems in place to make it easier to manage the rentals when we weren't living in Cape Charles full time. So like we were living in Cape Charles all summer so we could manage the summer rentals firsthand. But because of school back here in Richmond, we were a five hour round trip away for anyone who was renting in the fall. Yeah, I always like to say this because it feels like some people know this and it escapes other people. But the pink house is one house away from the duplex. So we quite literally were like in the same block if something came up and someone was like, hey, the outdoor shower is being weird. We'd like stop by and fix it. Like it was very casual and it really eliminated a lot of the stress that we started to feel in the off season if, you know, an example was that our internet went out and we were in Richmond. Yes. And it was like right before some guests were supposed to arrive. And the only thing that saved us from having to make that five hour round trip drive to fix it ourselves was that our friends, and maybe this is foreshadowing, the ones we are selling it to happened to be there and they could pop over and fix it for us. They saved the day. And we were like, weird. The universe keeps like having them be there when we're not there. And it keeps demonstrating how great they are taking care of the duplex. That was not the only time it happened. (laughs) They've saved us multiple times. Well, and I want to be clear though, like the hiccups we had were not about the guests. It was not like a problem caused by any guest or whatever. Like the guests have all been wonderful. And I don't think any of the hiccups have affected their stay. It was just things we were dealing with between guests to make sure it was ready for them when they arrived. Yeah. And so because the off-season was not going as smoothly as we had expected, we weren't able to make it available to rent as much as we had hoped to, which meant, you know, the house wasn't getting used as much as we would have liked. Like, it's that empty more. Right, which was like a stark contrast from in the summer when we were there all the time and the duplex was full of people, which, you know, was like our dream for the duplex was to have people in it enjoying it. Right. So basically all that stuff combined with also this goal of simplifying made the prospect of selling it sound like it could be a good thing for us. And the other thing that is worth noting is you need to understand a bit more about our friends that are buying it. Their names are Ryan and Aaron. 
And they live full-time in Richmond as well, but they're about an hour closer round trip because they're on the other side of town. So they're closer to Cape Charles. They have a house in Cape Charles that's a block away from us. But we actually didn't meet them in Cape Charles for the first time. We met them here in Richmond years ago. I think we met them in our second house, though. No, no. It was in this house because we had moved into our current house. And you had shared somewhere that our dining table, our big round dining table that we had had in our second house, didn't fit in our current dining room like it was too big. Yes, but I think I shared that before we moved it because I can picture standing in the front dining room of the second house. You are incorrect, We moved that only to realize it didn't fit after? Like, what? where was our measuring tape? I Well, it literally fit. It just was a bit tighter. And so we thought we needed a rectangular table. And Aaron, out of the blue, contacted us and said, hey... I have a table that fits what you need, and I actually would really like your round table. And so we swapped tables. Like, she was just a stranger at that point, and we invited her to her house, and she (laughs) gave us her table. She took ours. Wait, it's important to note that her table was crate and barrel, so the whole time I was like, this is amazing. What a good trade this is. (laughs) Meanwhile, ours was purchased from a place in Richmond called The Dump. Literally. (laughs) And you guys, they still have that table in their beautiful house. I shared a picture on Insta Stories. I'll put it in the show notes because it's amazing for you to see. That round table, that huge round table, ended up exactly where it's meant to be. Can I tell you the other funny part about it is that crate and barrel table, we refinished and now put it in the duplex. And so she's technically rebuying her own table. (laughs) It's meant to be on so many levels. Okay, so take that story and you're like, well, how did you become friends with a random person you switched tables with? That was it. We didn't see her for like a year and a half. And then we bumped into her at some event and she was like, I'm the person you switched tables with. And then we didn't see her again for another like two years. And then when we were in Cape Charles during the summer, like about a year and a half ago, we met her again and she said, I'm the switched tables girl and I'm buying a house. I'm actually closing on a house in Cape Charles. I think it's right near your pink house. Yeah, it was a block behind our pink house. So from them having that house and we actually have kids that are similar ages and get along really well like we have been hanging out and become really close friends with them over the last year or so yeah a year and a half but i feel like you know being good friends with someone is not enough to say well here buy a house for me right you know sometimes it can complicate it you yeah. don't want to mix business with friendship yes. I almost said pleasure <laughs> <laughs> but uh the other thing you need to understand about ryan and aaron is that they are really smart about the vacation rental thing Um, They actually mentored us as we were getting the duplex up and running. Like we took a lot of tips and advice from them and modeled some of the things we do after them because they, in addition to renting out their house in Cape Charles, they also manage a rental with their parents out in Charlottesville, Virginia. And so they're like actively looking for more uh, properties to have as vacation rentals. Right. It's like their goal. Like they love doing it. They have multiples already. They're really good at it. And we felt like, oh my gosh, how funny is it that literally the people who helped us write the welcome kit, like you have a welcome binder at your house and they helped us write our binder. And now I'm like, it's coming back around like the table in the duplex. Like it all feels like it was meant to be. And it was like all the arrows pointed in this direction. We just didn't see it right away. Well, we weren't open to the idea of selling it at first. And so as we became open, it became clear why it was a good idea because they're not only so well practiced in this, they also have the systems and the ability because they do some of this with their parents. So there's like eight hands on deck if something comes up or if someone needs to be somewhere. And so in addition to knowing that they were really good at doing this, we knew that meant they would be able to rent it more often and there'd be more opportunities for people to come enjoy the house and it wouldn't sit as empty as it has. So not only is it good for us to maybe sell this, but these are the right people to sell it too. Yeah. And I also want to address something that people might be wondering is like, if they're so good at managing rentals, why didn't we just hire them to manage the rental and still own the duplex? 
I think one that wasn't really a, a partnership we were interested in entering together, like from either end. Yeah, they wanted to, if they were doing all the work, why not get all the profit? Yeah. And for us, like, I don't think we were interested in having management help in that way because it would cut into the profit margins and just like extend the time that it would take us to earn back the money that we've put into the duplex. And also it wouldn't achieve that whole goal of, you know, sort of simplifying and releasing some of that mental clutter because we would still be dealing with all of the utilities and bills and taxes and insurance. Like it wouldn't alleviate that part of it, which I think is, you know, the big goal for us in doing this. So that's why we're not doing it through a management company. I mean, like, rest assured, we considered lots of options Oh my in this. gosh. We had, like, people on the ground who were my emergency contacts, and then we'd call them, and they wouldn't answer, and then I'd call Ryan and Aaron, and they'd be there. Like, there were a lot of things we expected to go one way, and then there's a curveball from the universe. Well, and the other thing it's worth noting also is people are probably thinking about the money aspect of this, because just because of all these other things, if it doesn't make sense financially, you're not going to sell someone a house. So the other We good- just bequeathed it to them. <laughs> no, it was a donation. No. <laughs> But uh, we were very lucky that quickly in the process, we came to an agreement on a price that they were happy with and that we were happy with, you know, especially considering all that we put into it in terms of, you know, the time and the renovation costs and the furnishing costs. Like it was actually another sign from the universe, I guess, that the financial thing was not sticky at all. Yeah, I just expected like, then we counter, then they counter, then our friendship is ruined. And it was like, this (laughs) price, okay, shake hands, offer letter. Like it really was so smooth. It felt as if- We should knock on wood because we are not closed yet. We still have all those typical hurdles to get through in terms of like inspection and stuff, but it has been smooth up to this point. Yeah, we just really wanted to keep you guys posted. This is literally four days ago, got the offer letter, but feel free to cross your fingers that this works because I really, it feels like the perfect thing for everyone. It's good for you guys as renters. It's good for us to get rid of half of our bills. (laughs) Like everybody wins. I also want to say, if you've heard all this and you're like, blah, 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 I don't care. I just want to know when I can book it. Like, when will it be on Airbnb? Obviously, we need to make the sale final before they can begin renting it. But rest assured that as soon as they are ready to start accepting renters, we'll make sure you all know about it so that you can, you know, book it if you would like. Yeah, there's closing. We're hoping in like 30 days and maybe in like 40 days it'll be on Airbnb because it'll take them 10 days to get it up or something. Who knows? We'll find out. So yeah, that's, I think, the end of the story. I think we covered most everything. I'm sure there's plenty of other questions people are thinking about. We'll do our best maybe in a future episode to get to them. But I just want to make sure that, like, I end this by saying, like, we're really excited about this. Like, there is an amount of it that is bittersweet. But I think we have such confidence in the decision, which for me was not necessarily a fast thing to come to. Because I think if I take, like, any lesson out of this, you know me, I'm like very type A and I make plans and I don't deviate from plans that easily sometimes or without (laughs) resistance. And so we had made a plan and we'd made financial decisions that were on course for a certain plan. And so it was surprising to me that when I took a step back and I sort of let go of what my preconceived notion of the right plan was or like what I should do, like once I took a step back and was willing to reconsider the plan, I was able to see that there's actually another plan out there that I hadn't considered that's actually great in so many ways, like for our lives, for our finances, like all these things that we wouldn't have seen had we not made ourselves open to deviating from the original plan. I totally agree. I It's funny. That's like John's big lesson is like, I shouldn't be so rigid, but I'm the more flexible. Oh, I'm still going to be rigid. <laughs> I'm the floppy noodle in this relationship. <laughs> John just made a face that he didn't find that attractive. No, that's, that's the least sexy way you've ever described yourself. <laughs> But 
what I took away from this, and I don't know, maybe it's like a different personality type thing, but mine wasn't that like, oh, I have to be more flexible because I'm fine with the pivot. You guys know I'm like the spontaneous, impulsive, harebrained one. Like I'm actively trying to get John on board with like selling everything, moving to Florida and a tiny beach cottage. I'm working on it, guys. (laughs) It's slow going (laughs) due to John's personality type. We all know that you are the kite and I am the strings. (laughs) It's true. But, you know, so for me, sitting with this notion that I don't have to be good at everything and kind of owning that, like if our skill set was to fix up this house that needed love and was falling apart and to make it glorious and it was the last one on our street and it was such a privilege and so much fun to do. Glorious. Really patting yourself on the back there, are we? I mean, you know, I love the duplex. My brain is just like, just because you did those things and those were your skill set doesn't mean you have to be really good at the managerial, like the administrative stuff. Yeah, I think there was freedom and acknowledging like we were excited to learn that part and experience that part. But there was some freedom in coming to the end of it and saying, like, maybe there are people better suited for it than us. Well, I also think it's just, like, easier for us to let go because it's such a unique situation where we know who's getting it. It's like when you sell your house, you're handing your baby to some stranger. Right. And in this case, I'm, like, handing my baby to someone I know who's going to love and care for it and do, like, a really good job. And They may even raise our baby better than we would have. I mean, I think they will, and they'll have it booked more. The duplex will be full of life. And I, I don't know. And she also said I could go back and pet the tile whenever I want, so. Assuming there's not renters in there. I think that helps too. If you get a knock on the door while you're renting, she's like, I'll I'll just be a minute. Just like leave me alone for two seconds in the bathroom. (laughs) That sounded wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like you're you're coming over to do something else. I mean, maybe I'll do both while I'm in there. (laughs) Okay. Um, We should wrap this up because this has been quite long. Uh, We will keep you guys posted on it. Again, once we have the rental information, once this is all finalized, we will share it. So you guys can stay tuned for that. But I think we should move on to what everyone has really been waiting for, which is my first game of 2020. So that music means I have a quiz for Sherry, and I figured with such big news at the front of the podcast, we needed something easy, like a little light nugget. It's like one M&M. Right. Um, This is something I found from Estately. I'm not sure what they are, but that was the name on the graphic. Estately? Estate. Like, like, like an estate. E-S-T-A. Yeah. Estately. It. And it's about weird town names in the United States. They had a map of the United States and they labeled the weirdest town name in every state. Just please tell me this is not geography based, like capitals based. No, you don't need to know anything. Okay. Do you guys know I'm like really epically bad at that? She is. <laughs> um, Confirmed by my husband. I'm going to give you two weird town names in the United States. One is real. One is fake. And you have to tell me which is the real one and which is the one I made up. Hmm. We're going to do several pairings, some um, head-to-head options for you, okay? Okay. First one, Frankenstein, Missouri, or Boogeyman, Michigan? I think Boogeyman, Michigan's real because I feel like I've heard of it. Nope. Ah! I was like, I'll pick the weirder one because it's weird but true. Nope. Frankenstein, Missouri. Also, there's a Santa Claus, Indiana. Oh. I like this quiz already. Oh, I also should say I did verify these on Google Maps to make sure they didn't, you know, just make these up. Right. Okay, next. Boring, Oregon. Or infected Maine. Ooh. I think boring's real because I feel like I've heard about it. But infected is so, it's rashy. It is, but it's also false. So you're right. Good. Yeah, um, It's like pus Maryland. I just right. made that up. Oh, I got to take that off the list. No. What about scab Pennsylvania? There are some names with scab in it because oh. I, did, I did check on those. Okay. Um, this is a beauty. Ratfest, Nevada or Mosquitoville, Vermont. 
Oh, man. I wish Mosquitoville was real, so I'll say Ratfest is not. Mosquitoville is real. Yay! Because can't you picture a spoof that's like, wasting the time away in Mosquitoville. <laughs> is that even the line? I, is it wasting the time? I have no idea. I also don't think people would live in Ratfest, Nevada. <laughs> no offense, Nevada. I just sort of randomly assigned real states to them, my fake made-up names. Okay, next one. Boom Boom, Tennessee or Ding Dong, Texas. <laughs> I really want them both to be real. I think Boom Boom is right and Ding Dong's wrong, but Ding Dong is also right to me. Like, there should be a Ding Dong. Ding Dong, Texas is right. Oh, okay. I'm glad. Congratulations. I'm so happy. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to the residents of Ding Dong. We applaud you. I dreamed of you being in existence and you are. Do they call themselves Ding Dongers? No, Ding Dongs. Oh, of course. Duh. I feel like such a Ding Dong. Okay. Uh, next one. This one paints a nice picture. Toad Suck, Arkansas, or Fish Liquor, California? Oh my gosh, they're both so good. I love this quiz and want to make all of these real places. Fish Liquor. You know what that reminds me of? Everyone at home. Yeah. Do you remember the commercial that says, Who are you calling Pooty Pucker, you Lint Laker? Yeah, it's an Orbitz gum commercial. Dirty mouth. Clean it up with Orbitz. Um, okay, Toad Suck, Arkansas, or Fish Liquor, California? Fish Liquor's fake. It is. Toad Suck is real. Congratulations to the Toad Suckers. I hope there's a Fuddruckers and Toad Suckers. <laughs> okay, next. Why not North Carolina or Who Cares Wyoming? Oh, man. They're both great. Um, my educated guess is... Your educated guess. Well, Why Not is kind of a cute name, so the other one's fake. Yes, Why Not is real. Yay. Why what, not North Carolina? What's the fake one? Who Cares Wyoming? <laughs> Who Cares <laughs> I mean, I would really die for a bumper sticker that said, Who Cares Wyoming? <laughs> okay. Pig Festival, Mississippi, or Catfish Paradise, Arizona? Catfish Paradise is real. It is real. How'd you know so quickly? I don't know. It sounded real. <laughs> Not Pig Festival? No. Okay. Big Bottom, Washington. Ooh. Or Patootie, Indiana. Um, Both of them are amazing rap names. <laughs> <laughs> I think Big Bottom's real. Big Bottom is real. That is fully branded in my head. Like, oh, I'm from Big Bottom. Okay. this. I'm from Long Bottom. <laughs> Flat Bottom? Flat <laughs> We do have an area in Richmond called Shaco Bottom that everyone just calls the bottom. That's true. We do say we're going to the bottom. Okay, ready for the most graphic of the bunch? Okay. Snot Hollow, Utah, mm. or Booger Hole, West Virginia? I mean, they're very, like, they both paint the exact same picture to me. It's a crevice with something gooey in it. <laughs> right. Um, so which crevice would you rather live in? I think Snot Hollow is real. It's Booger Hole. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, Booger Hole, West Virginia. Do you think someone did that for, like, tourism? Like, they were like, people will take pictures in front of our sign, and we'll get more tourists if we name it Booger Hole. Yeah, I don't know. Um, is it spelled like booger? Oh, yeah. Exactly <laughs> like. And hole is right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I saved the last one specifically for Sherry. Okay. It is Possum Kingdom, South Carolina, Ooh. or Possum Neck, Mississippi. They both have a certain allure to me, like I want to visit both, but I think Possum Neck is real. It is real, as is Possum Kingdom. They're <laughs> both real. Two amazing places to just celebrate the love of an amazing creature that eats ticks. You guys, possums are great. Spread the word. Maybe we'll do a road trip through South Carolina and Mississippi. Hit all the possum towns on our way. Um, it's impossible. <laughs> anyways... I will, Did you like that? I, no, not really. <laughs> uh, I will put a link to this graphic. Actually, I'll just put the graphic in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so that you can see 
all of the 50 weirdest town names according to Estately. That was fun. It's going to be hard to follow that game, but we do need to get into We're Digging. We're digging some juicy stuff. It's been months, so we have lots of things to dig. But first, we have to take a quick break. You may already know that this week's sponsor, You Need a Budget, aka YNAB, is the online budgeting tool that you guys recommended to us years ago, which is why we tried it out and then we ended up loving it so much that we've been using it for over two years now. Yeah, but did you guys know that along with giving you super easy tracking and savings tools, YNAB also has a ton of resources to help you become smarter with your money, like video courses, live online workshops, and a super helpful customer support team that's there to make sure you're getting the most out of your budget. Well, and speaking of which, we had an amazing experience recently. Yeah, last year I had a hiccup with their budget tool and I had to reach out to customer support and no joke they sent me back a personalized video walking me through how to fix it like a literal recording of their computer screen showing me exactly where to click step by step and the crazy thing it wasn't a stock video this was like literally a voice saying like okay John first you want to go to the menu and then click this it was like the best customer support experience we have ever had well and since they're all about helping people feel in control of their money when you go to ynab.com YHL you'll see that they're featuring one of their video courses and it's free for everyone whether you're a YNAB member or not. It's called Four Rules for Less Money Stress, and it's basically a bunch of quick videos that you can watch whenever you want. And if you sign up, YNAB will also give you a free 34-day trial. So again, go to ynab.com YHL where you can check out that free video course and get started with your free trial. I know gifting season is like way over, like Christmas was a long time ago, but I wanted to dig something today that we gave as a Christmas gift because it went over quite well, if I do say so myself. Pat's self on back. Pat, Pat. So for Christmas, we gave my parents, I was going to say a subscription, but I'm not sure what the right word is for it, but we gave them- It's a memory-making tool. Yes. It's something called StoryWorth, like it's worth something. And every week, the service emails you a question, and it's intended for an older person, like a grandparent or a great-grandparent or something like that. And- Each week, they email you a question about their life, like things like, you know, what was your childhood bedroom like? Or what's the most important skill you learned from your mom? Or like, what were you like in your 30s? Like all these things that sort of are prompts to get the person to reflect on their life. And you respond to that email. I should say that we gave it to my parents, but it was intended to give them a tool to ask my grandmother, my granny, some questions about her life. And so each week they get to ask her these prompted questions and they type up her answer into an email. And the email goes sort of like into a database for the year. And at the end of the year, StoryWorth sends you a printed book of all of the stories that you've gotten. So it's like, like Sherry said, a memory making tool. It's a way to like gather interesting insights and reflections from this person in your life. And then at the end of it, get like a concrete physical thing that you can hang on to for years and and enjoy. So we just started the subscription at Christmas. So we're only a couple weeks into it. So I, I can't speak to like what the book looks like and that whole process. But I know so far that my parents have like enjoyed having these prompts and these opportunities and reasons to sort of do these reflections with my grandmother. Yeah, I think the concept is brilliant because if you said, hey, 
everybody put together the book of Granny and it's going to be like, you know, 50 to 100 pages long based on 50 questions, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. But if once a week, like every seven days, you just get a little conversation to have with her, it's something that's very manageable and it all accrues over time. So like by the end of the year, you're like, wow, I can't believe I have all these sort of like little essays about the thing that we were talking about. And you can write your own questions or you can pick from a lot of their prompts, which we did because we thought they were really interesting. You know, there's big things like, how did you meet your spouse? How did you know your spouse was the one to like little things that you just might not know? Like, how did you get to school as a child? So it's something that you can send to, you know, a parent or an aunt or an uncle, someone who has the ability to type their own answers. Uh, My granny can't use a computer anymore. And so for us, it's also created this opportunity to also have these conversations with her. So I just think it's a really cool idea. And I'm excited for what we have at the end of the year. So I can give an update maybe once we have it um, for anyone who's interested. But I will put the link in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so that if you are interested in checking out StoryWorth, you can see it there. And what I'm digging this week is an Instagram account that brings me immeasurable joy. It's called Influencers in the Wild. I feel like it's been getting viral for a while now. Like I've seen lots and lots more people posting about it. And then I've been like, I have to dig this on the podcast because everyone must know. But it is essentially an entire Instagram account. And it has like half a million followers now. So it's blowing up. But it's a place where they document Instagrammers, you know, like influencers, documenting themselves. It's like a camera behind the person taking the like pretty Instagram shot. So you're getting the like behind the scenes view of how they're creating this like perfect hair flip or blowing in the wind or, you know, leap into the sunset or whatever. Exactly. It's like a a girl in the surf posing seductively and then like a wave knocks her over. That's like a very basic description. But there's some really funny ones. My favorite one by far, I'll link it in the show notes. It makes me cry laugh every time I watch it. It's a person filming through the window of a building. So like you see the back of them holding their phone and in the window you can make out a person who like is doing some sort of interpretive dance. They're like spinning and swaying and throwing their arms up and it almost looks like one of those inflatable things in a parking lot of a car. Oh, like Like, a used car dealership floppy armed like wind man, whatever you call it. Yes, it's like he's flinging his leg out and flinging his arm out and it's like a joy to watch because they're so into it and then there's someone across the street who's like, I just need to document (laughs) this. Anything for the gram, right? And it's all in good fun. Like, I don't feel like it's a bad natured making fun of people account. It literally in the description says celebrating content culture. We're all guilty of doing it. Yes, I was going to say, I'm sure there are some moments where we could have been on the receiving end of this. So it is like a sort of like self-aware thing of how weird this culture is. Um, It reminds me that years ago, we went to a blogger conference called Alt Summit. And they were, I think, actually doing a course at Alt Summit about photography. And we just happened to walk by and I witnessed a group of people delicately balancing books in a bush. (laughs) And then like putting flowers around it and stuff like to get this perfect Instagram shot. And I was just like, here I am at a blogger conference. So like, of course, you're going to see like the most influencer thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Bush art. Yes. Book in a bush. Thanks for listening to Young House Love has a podcast. And if you know someone who might have missed the news that we're back from our winter break, please let them know there's a new episode. And I don't know, maybe use this as a teachable moment that subscribing to our podcast is not only free, but a great way to make sure they don't miss new episodes in the future. And I'm going to try this again. New year, new this is what you do while you listen. Oh no. (laughs) It's 2020 and we're hungry for some good stories. So we just love knowing what you do while you tune in. And you know, they don't have to be good stories. They can be boring stories too. Uh, And in the show notes, I'm going to put... 
that map of the weird town names and a link to that story worth service that we gifted my parents. And I'm gonna drop in a photo of our old dining table because it's living it up in our friend's house. It looks like it was meant to be there its whole life and it's a total blast from the past. Later. Bye. Happy New Year. Oops. <laughs> <clears throat> my voice cracked. Let's try it again. Are you ready? Now I've got a laugh stuck in my throat. It's okay.